Welcome to the podcast of C3 Church with today's message. All right, oh righteous Father, thank you for separating me to receive great grace and great power. Fill us with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Come on, put your hand on your heart and say, my heart is good ground and cannot be infiltrated or penetrated with the devil's seeds. I am a contagious carrier of the power, the purpose, the passion, and the potential of God. I believe you will supply all of my needs according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Therefore, I am not need-based. I'm a supplier. I'm not man-centered. I'm God-centered. I'm not an orphan. I'm a son. I'm the redeemed. I'm the blood-washed. I am holy. I am righteous. I'm an overcomer. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Father, I just give you glory this morning. Uh, Just touch my body as I present your word today. Uh, Touch this tongue of clay. Father, that my tongue would be the pen of a ready writer to write on the hearts of this here, your people. Let this word edify and build your people up, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray that you would hide my flesh behind your cross of Calvary. So what is spoken, Lord, will bring revelation knowledge to your people. And it's in your son Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Do a little recapitulation. Why is the fivefold ministry so important? Uh, the fivefold is a vertical hierarchy, uh, but a sequential order of building. So, in other words, everything is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Uh, when you look at all of the fivefold ministry, it's dealing with the death, the burial, uh, the resurrection, the ascension, the glorification, and the exaltation of Jesus Christ. So, when we look at the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, uh, we, we understand that the Father is the anointer, Jesus Christ is the anointed, and the Holy Spirit is the anointing. Y'all catch that? All right. So, so with the three, we become an anointed being. So he's making the many to become one. We are many people, but we function as one body. Amen. And so he's making the many into one. We're, we have different callings and different gifts in the house of God. Everybody in here is a ministry. Put your hand on your heart and say, I am a ministry. In other words, you're important to God. You're important to this church. No one should ever join a church and not do anything for the church. Never, ever join a church and don't do anything. Therefore, because you never get connected if you don't do anything. Am I talking to the right people? Amen. Because we should be organically connecting with one another. And if you don't join, if you don't join a ministry or, or get involved in the church, serve somewhere with some people, you'll never get to know the people of God in the house. Amen. One of the main reasons people leave church is because they never connect, and then they blame the church. You can blame me all you want, but I'm not the problem. I can connect with anybody until you start tripping. I can. You start tripping. I don't like drama. I don't do drama. I, I, I just I don't do drama. I don't like drama. I don't like drama on vacation. I don't like drama at all. I, I don't do drama. If you, got a, you, you just hooked on drama... I, I'm not going to deal with it. Amen, somebody. And so I, I'm, I, 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 you, listen, hear, hear me carefully here. You decide who you want in your life. You make that decision, right? There are some people that might be in your life right now you need to cut away from you. But there are others that you need in your life right now you just don't know how to bring them forth, right? There might be some people that you need to reconcile with because they're supposed to be in your life right now. A lot of times we can't get to the blessings that we need to get to because we're unwilling to submit to the power of God and surrender and say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. That's keeping a lot of people from being blessed today. They, it, it, you're, not, you're not not being blessed because you're not giving 10%. You're not not being blessed because the 10% you're giving, God don't receive. It might, you might have some bitterness in your heart and unforgiveness. According to the scriptures, it says if you have that in your heart, God doesn't receive your gift. As a matter of fact, the Bible clearly states leave it at the altar. He didn't even say give it. He said leave it. Go get it right, then you give it. 
according to what I've read in my Bible, I don't know if yours say the same thing. I mean, I think it's pretty much the same across the board, right? And so, so we must understand it, it, it might not be just because you're not giving 10% that you're not blessed. It might be some other reasons why you're not blessed. Amen. So when we look at all of those fivefold gifts, we know that the apostle is the governing gift. I govern things. I like the plurality of eldership. I raise up elders in the house of God. We build the foundation. We, we put that in place. When you read in Titus chapter 1 and 2, Paul sent Titus there to put the elders in place. And that's what I deal with is putting elders and the foundation in place. The, the prophet is the guiding gift. They want to guide you to what the father is saying right now. They want to lead you into his heart. Uh, matter of fact, I got two prophets that are coming next year, Jacqueline and Thornton. Uh, we're working on a new program that we're going to be training up young prophets in this house. And so don't miss it. I don't care if you don't, if you don't even know how to prophesy. You need to be here for that class. And so we're working it out. Uh, I think I'm calling it purifying the prophetic. That's what I want to call it because the prophetic needs to be purified. We've got too many false prophets in the house of God that don't know what they're doing. They, they, are, they, are, they are not mature into what God has called them to do. Therefore, they've been hurting a whole lot of people, breaking up churches. That's not what God, God don't call prophets to a church to straighten out the church. That, that, that is a misnomer. I don't know where people got that crap from. God does not call somebody outside of the church to come in to correct the church. God can do that on his own. I've had several come up in here talking that nonsense, and that's why you don't see them in here right now. Because they come into a house that's apostle-led. And I'm like, oh, no, I ain't have, who, who are you, by the way? <laughs> Not what ministry you came from, but who are you? Can I have a relationship with you? How's your marriage? Uh, <laughs> let's go back to the teaching, praise the Lord. Evangelists, that's the gathering gift. They know how to gather people because they're all about souls. That's why we need Diane. That's why she has to be in this house, man. She knows how to go out there and win souls. Not every soul she wins is supposed to be in here. Some of them are supposed to be somewhere else. Amen? But she's winning souls. She's winning souls for covenant. She's winning souls for Christ. Right? If they come here, great. If they don't, praise the Lord. Let them find a local church because you got to have a local church. You need to have a local church. You got to have somewhere that's going to feed you. Not everybody ain't going to eat. Now, I'll be foolish to sit up here and say everything and I preach, people eat it. Not everybody going to eat. Not even at this church. Amen. Sometimes they want me to cut it up in little bite-sized pieces. I ain't doing it. And here, you're just going to have to eat the meat. You're just going to have to learn how to chew. Amen. Don't have any teeth. Better go get you some dentures. <laughs> because I think we've been, for too long, we've been preached at with these little lukewarm, lighthearted, can, cotton candy messages that really don't, don't give us anything. When we really hit a wall, we don't even know how to pray ourselves out of it without having to call somebody. No, you need to learn how to pray yourself. You need to know how to get down on that floor, lay prostrate before the Lord, and call on the name of Jesus. Amen. You're calling your pastor for, you be the pastor of your house. Yeah. Amen. Y'all see, 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 see that, that kind of teaching. See, that baby Christian get mad at that kind of teaching. The shepherd, that's the... <laughs> Yeah, oh, praise the Lord. The shepherd, that's the gap, that's the garden gift, because the shepherd is going to guard you. We know the Lord is our shepherd. I shall not want for anything, because God gives me everything that I need. He's not only the shepherd in the gospel, he's called the good shepherd. Come on, somebody. Y'all know that he's a good shepherd. In the book of Hebrews, he's called the chief Great shepherd. There you go. Praise the Lord. Y'all got me straight. Hallelujah. And then in First Peter, he's called the... Chief Shepherd. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why I love this church. Y'all know the Bible better not do. It's called a Chief Shepherd. You, you can't be a man and a chief. You're a chief nothing. There's only one Chief Shepherd. There's only one Chief Cornerstone. That is not for man. That's for Christ. Sit your little self down. That's, that's Jesus. You're trying to take his position, and then the teacher is the grounding gift because the teacher wants to make sure that you're grounded. Now, there's a, there's a focus. The focus for the apostle is governmental and doctrinal. I like to teach doctrine. That's why I, I share a lot of doctrines with you, especially on Wednesday nights when you come in here. You learn about doctrine. You learn about needless casualties of war. You learn about self-inflicted wounds because a lot of times the church can't grow because we're too busy shooting each other down. It's, it's, it's friendly fire. You know, they see somebody trying to operate in their anointing. They get jealous because they're not operating in theirs. Or you put your mouth on another church down the street. 
Don't, don't do that. That's your brother and your sister. Maybe they're doing stuff a little bit different. That's all right. Let them do what they do. You know, but make sure you got the word first. Amen. I get people to talk about other pastors in the city, and they're not doing it right, and they're doing this, that, and the other. I always ask, what are you doing? Obviously, you got a lot of time because you're too busy worried about what somebody else is doing. But no, what are you doing for the, for the community? How many people getting saved under your ministry? How many people getting baptized under your ministry? It does. It get quiet then. Well, I, 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 yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Right? If we focus on what God has for us, and if you just stay in your lane, listen, as long as you're in your lane, don't just sit there. Move. I hear people all the time, I'm just staying in my lane. But are you moving? Are you doing anything in your lane? You could be in your lane, but are you doing anything? Are you at least moving a forward, ahead, something? Yeah. Just, yeah, just sitting still. Because I'm going to tell you something. Activity don't account for accomplishment. You, you, could be, you could be busy and stuff and not accomplish a thing. The prophet is the holiness, presence, and hearing gift because a, a, a true call of prophet, they want to know that the atmosphere is holy. A true call prophet. But they are all about the presence of God, and not only them hearing, but they want you to hear. They want to they clean out the worldly wax out of your ears so that you can hear with clarity and specificity. Amen. The evangelist, that's a soul-winning person right there, male or female. I don't care who it is. Uh, we got another good friend, uh, Clark Stallings, uh, that he's a, an evangelist to his heart. He's a soul winning joker. We can't even go to a restaurant. You saved? I mean, we, we can't go anywhere. He's going to ask you if you save or not. I ain't lying. You, he just bold like that. We, as soon as a waiter or waitress come to the table, you saved? You know the Lord? You know Jesus? I mean, he just like that. I was like, bro, I tell him, I'm just trying to get a hamburger. He said, like, no, man, we can't get out of here, man. I got to know if they know the Lord or not. You know, they just have it in them like that. They just, they just bold like that, right? And I love that, right? But I'm not an evangelist. He is. He, he's good with that, right? And so he's the soul winner for the shepherds. They feed men, restore, and equip the flock. But then the teacher is the practical knowledge person. I, I believe we got some good teachers in here because they like to do the practical stuff, like Elaine and, and Antonio and, uh, and, and, and Erica. They like to they, they get real practical with you, right, as a teacher. Praise the Lord. And Tim is more of the shepherd because he's like a mending restorer. He, he, he's lovey, you know, all of that. Diane is the evangelist, uh, you know, because she's about soul winning. Now, we don't have the office of a prophet operating in this house yet, but they're coming. Yep, but they're coming. And this is the office I operate in. And so, so listen, you might look at this and say, well, I don't know where I fit in. You may not fit in anywhere up there. And that's fine. What is your gift? Just operate in your gift. Right? Because there are others. I'm going to show you other ones in just a few minutes here. But I just wanted to show you what the focus was on these. So let's transition a little bit. The teacher calling was consistently focused on Bible knowledge and the desire to have the churches understand biblical principles. That, that to me, that's Antonio to his heart, man. He wants you to understand biblical principles. That, that he's going to break it down. He's going to use uh, props. He's going to use examples so that you can catch it. Amen. That, that, that's what a teacher does. Generally speaking, they do not have the burning desire to raise up eldership or nurturing leaders. They, that's not just in them. That's in the apostle. My heart is to raise up leaders. I love raising up leaders. I love to see leaders preaching, operating in their gifts. I'm not jealous of anybody. I, I know what God has called me to do. I, I don't care how many people you preach to. Listen, if, if I can raise you up and you preach to thousands upon thousands of people on a weekend, I love it. I will not ever be jealous because that is not just you up there. That's me up there, too. Amen, somebody. Right? Because as a father, I'm putting who I am in you so that you can go out and do more. I'm trying to push you to your next level. Amen? I'm not trying to pull you up to my level because I don't have one. My level is the foundation. I've never seen a foundation on top of a house. Amen. The foundation is always where? On the bottom. I'm here to build from the bottom up, not from the top down. Amen. And so, so if I'm on the bottom, then who's going to be on the top? Somebody say he's talking about me. Yeah, I'm trying to push you there. Amen. Some of y'all don't want to go yet. I know it. I understand. Some of y'all don't want to go. Teachers travel to other churches. So get ready, bro. 
Y'all get ready. Teachers travel to other churches to impart knowledge. Uh, their constant heart cry is, if the people only knew. That's their heart's cry. If the people, oh, see, 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 Antonio already about to pass out. So, so if the people only knew. That's their heart's cry. It's just like, boy, if I could just tell them, man, if they would just do this. Right, Antonio? Yeah, praise the Lord. <laughs> so let me give you a little Bible here. Let's, let me give you a little Greek. So the teacher in Greek, what do you think that, that word that says right there? Didaskalos. Didaskalos. That's how you say that in Greek. This is what uh, the teacher means. One who teaches concerning the things of God and the duties of man. Instructor. One who is fitted to teach. One who is fitted to teach. And so how does the teaching give relate to order and function? Now, this is important. So I'm going to pull it up on the screen in a second, but I want you to pull it up in your Bible first because you need to see this. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is about order and function here. I want you to go to verse 18 first, 1 Corinthians 12, 18. So let's read it. So 1 Corinthians 12, 18 says, but now God has set. Somebody say set. So he's appointed. So if God has appointed and if God has set something in place in his church, can man change that? So you will agree with me if God said this is how I want it to be, then this is how it should be. You agree with me on that? So God has set or appointed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleases. So you, you can't sit back and say, well, I can't believe he called him to be an apostle and I'm not one. Well, God sets it in place as he pleases. In other words, he's not trying to please you. He does things based on what he feels is right for his house. So if God is doing it, you can't change it just because you don't like it. That was 18. 28 says, and God has set, same word, appointed these in the church. First, what? Second. Third. After that, what? Miracle. Then? Wait a minute. Y'all struggling. I see it, but that's all right. <laughs> but if God has set the apostle in the house first, how did that change? It didn't change for God. It changed for denominations. Now, you agree with me that this is what God has set in place. It's in the Bible. That's why I want you to see it in the Word. I'm not just trying to feed you some nonsense. I'm trying to show you what's in the Word. It's been there all the time. I'm not giving you new revelation. I don't have any new revelation. I just reveal what's already there. <laughs> so if the apostle is set first, he's not set first so that he's a, the, he's a big man on the block. He's set first for modeling function for duty because you got to have a foundation first you can try to build a house without a foundation it's not gonna last it's gonna lean it's gonna be corrupt the winds blow you better not go through a hurricane amen second is what and third now you notice teacher is in there Right? It's important that we understand these distinctions. Again, this is not to hype up one gift over the other. I don't do that because God doesn't do that either. But I think for the clarity of our understanding of what God has called to the church today, we need to understand this because he's coming back for a glorious church. But that glorious church is going to look like, act like, smell like, talk like what he has patterned it to look like. Not what man has created it, morphed it to be. It has to look like what he called. This is his measure, his standard. He appointed it, so we need to do it exactly like he says. And if we're not, then we need to readjust. That's why he's restoring the church. There's a restoration that's going to take place in 2020 because he's calling reformers. Come on, he's talking about me. He's calling reformers. You are a reformer because now you're going to help with the restoration of the body of Christ. 
That's why I've changed my whole, my whole formatting of my leadership development program. Now it's called the Restoration and Reformers Forum because God is restoring the restoration of the house of God and he's putting in the reformers. He's putting in you guys. You're pioneers. You might do something that don't look like what everybody else is doing and that's fine. You keep doing it because God has called you to do it. Amen. Does that make sense at all? So God has done this, saints of God. But check this out. God is restoring the fivefold teaching ministry that will build upon the foundation of apostles and prophets. They build upon what we're teaching. They take it, break it down for you so you can understand it. They might use different types of understandings or uh, different models or different uh, um, situations that they've been in in their lives so that you can understand it. But they take what the apostles and prophets have already taught and they break it down for you. They are not called to lay a foundation but to build upon it. And to take the prophetic revelation and expound it in a practical way so that the church would be will so that the church would understand it more perfectly. So that's exactly what the teacher does. The teachers break down the word of God so that we can understand it in a practical way. We need that gift in the house. Amen. So that gift is vitally important uh, to the building of the church. Amen. Amen. All right. Although the fivefold ministries are not mentioned in the Old Testament. However, when you read the Old Testament, I can break it down like this. Nehemiah. How many of you remember Nehemiah? Uh, what God called Nehemiah. Nehemiah, again, the fivefold ministry is not mentioned in the Old Testament. But how I see this is Nehemiah was like a, an apostle. Because when Nehemiah found out that the foundations were destroyed and, the, and the, uh, the walls were destroyed in Jerusalem, he had a heart to go back and build the walls up, up for Jerusalem. Amen. He even went to the king and asked the king for some help. Right? Because the king, the king has the finances. Mm -hmm. That's right. So what, what God is going to do in 2020, the apostles are going to find out who the kings are for the finances. And the kings will willingly give to true called apostles Amen. because they have integrity. Mm-hmm. Because this is the term that God has given me. I will be able to bring prophetic relevance to economic funding streams. Oh, uh, I'll break that down a little bit more in next year so y'all can understand what that means. And so that Nehemiah is a type of apostle because he went back to build up the walls. The foundation, get everything started, right? But then there were two prophets. You guys know who they were? Haggai and Zechariah. They were the two prophets. After they built the walls, these two prophets came in to encourage the people, to instruct the people, to correct the people. They were speaking, thus saith God. But Israel is a type of the teacher. And this is why I say that. Israel... And Israel 7.10 says, for Israel had prepared his heart to seek. That word seek is the same definition in Hebrew to study. To study the law of the Lord and to do it and to So there, there right there, you got the apostle, the prophet, and the teacher right there in the Old Testament. And what were they doing? They were restoring Israel, which is a type of restoration of the body of Christ. Yeah. Y'all see what I'm saying here? You see how all of that has worked out? So, so God is always showing us stuff in the word of God of how he's doing things, but we have to open up and look at it, right? Now, that word study is vitally important because let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. We all know this one, 2 Timothy chapter 2. I'm sorry, Lord, I went to the wrong scripture. Please forgive me. First Corinthians 12, Lord, yes. <laughs> y'all, know I'm a, y'all know I'm a jokester, man. I love something like that happens. I'm going to run with it. <laughs> Second Timothy 2.15. Somebody read it in the congregation. I'm going to do the congregational reading. correctly handles the word of truth. Uh, some translations say be diligent. Some say study. Right. Study, 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 study. Now, when the word says study, who is he talking to? Me. Somebody says he's talking about me. 
He's not just talking about the pastors and those who are preaching or the shepherds or the apostles. Who is he talking to? Someone said he's talking about me. So if you don't study, how are you going to know that the person that's preaching has studied? See, this is why a lot of times, a lot of times people will talk about other folks who are in the pulpit. Right? This is easy. I get, I get criticized a lot. But that's okay. I can take it. But can you take it? Right? And so they always say, well, they ain't teaching it right. Well, what's the right teaching? Oh, uh, I know that ain't right. <laughs> How do you know it's not right? Can you show me in the Bible? Why isn't it right? Right? It's not enough to know that it's not right. Why isn't it right? Right? In order to know that, you have, somebody say he's talking about me. You have to study the Bible for yourself. Right? And if you have a problem, you don't know where to start, come to me. I'll tell you where to start. I have no problem telling you where to start. It's easy. You can just start anywhere. Hey, the most important thing is you start. And then what's most important after that is you finish. Right? We're going to be finishers. Amen. I, ooh, I want to preach that one so bad today. I'm sorry, Dad. Oh, you're going to miss that. We're going to have to record it and send it to you, though. All right. We're going to have to send that one to you. I want Dad to get that one. Amen. And so, so we, we got to be, somebody say, I'm a finisher. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a finisher. Don't start, don't lay out no resolutions. Resolutions don't work. As a, as a matter of fact, God doesn't even bless your goals. Oh, boy, I'm going to mess up somebody right now. He blesses plans. He said that the plans that I have for you, a goal is not a plan. I, I am going to do this. Mm-hmm. A plan says, I'm not only going to do it, but this is how I'm going to do it. These are the people I need to do it with. That's the person I need to call. How much money do I need for this? What do I need to do from a compliance perspective to make sure that I'm doing this properly? From a legal perspective, uh, am I liable from a legal perspective? If I do this and something happens, how much insurance am I going to need if I do it? Do I need any property? How, how much can I afford if I do need a property? But the Lord gave me this. What is this? Mm. What is it? I don't know what it is. Right? Amen? So if he gave you something, take the time to research. And listen, he ain't going to give it all to you because you're going to have to do some work. Because if he gave it all to you, you'd be too lazy. You still wouldn't do it. No, you got to put the work in. Somebody say, I got to put the work in. See, we, we, God has done his part. Now we got to do our part. That's why the Bible says work out your salvation. It said work for it. It said, but you got to work that thing out. Right? Every day. Somebody said, that's my part. That's why Paul said, when I was a child, I understood as a child, I spake as a child. But when I became a man, I, I, I put away childish things. And some of y'all need to put away some childish stuff that you're doing. Let's see, Dad just, just came right on in the room. Oh, you don't have any childish stuff you need to put away. You know, childish stuff is stuff that you should have put away last year. And you said you was going to put it away when you had that resolution. See, see, Evan, they, they want me to move on, Evan. They want me to move on. It says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing means you cut it straight. And you can't cut it straight unless you know what it says. So we all need to be in the word of God. Don't make a resolution, but make some plans to read more of the Bible that, that, like never before. I'm not talking about studying. There's a difference between studying and reading. If you're going to study, study. You can't study and read, right? Because you start reading, before long, you'll be looking for Alice because you've been going down some rabbit trails, and you're looking at one reference, another reference. You forgot what you started. That's studying. So you, when you sit down, you say, Lord, I'm going to study. Or, Lord, I'm going to read. Make notes so you can come back if you're going to read. I promise you, if you do it that way, it'll keep you focused. 
and you will find that there is some stuff in this Bible that is so funny. I read some of this stuff in this Bible, I'm like, man, that is the funniest thing. Come on, bro, how you laid out with that woman all night and didn't even look that woman in the face? And then you wake up in the morning talking about, oh, it's Leah. See, you got to read the Bible to know what I'm talking about. Or, or say Shibuleth, and they couldn't say Shibuleth, they said Shibuleth. Because they didn't know how to pronounce the words right because they were from a different language. Just like people in the church, you don't even understand the proper language, so you don't even know how to pronounce stuff in the house of God. It's in here, it's in here, it's in here. There's some funny stuff in here, man. You start reading it, you'll turn the TV off. You'll get your face out of Facebook and put your face in this book. All right, y'all want some more because I got a mm and an all right. <laughs> Go to Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. I don't think I have that one up here. No. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. We, we know the scripture. See, I, I, I'm having y'all to turn to the Bible more like never before because you need to know what it is in the word. Hosea 4, chapter 6 is in the minor prophets. Why are they minor? Because they are smaller books, not because they're insignificant. Hosea 4, 6, who has it? Read it out loud for me. My people, my people. Somebody said my people. He's not talking about the people in the world. He said my people are destroyed. It's the word darman. It's the word darman. Cut off, silence, or cut down. My people are cut off, silence, or cut down for the lack of knowledge. And, but then it goes on to say, because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you. Now listen, everybody talking about how loving God is. And this is the part of God that people don't want to talk about. God says, if you reject knowledge, I will reject you. The knowledge is the knowledge of God in the face of Jesus Christ. If you reject that knowledge, God says, I reject you. Which means, saints of God, how can you get into the man's house that rejected you? Oh, I went to church. It's going to be just like the man that had the wedding. He's going to say, friend? How did you get in here and not change? You don't belong here. Oh, glory to God. So how can you say, I'm going to get into God's house? You don't act like him. You don't love on him. You reject knowledge. Don't go to church. You have serve. You have give. And you can't get a whole result with half commitment. You want everybody around you to give you something whole, but you're giving something that's half and fragmented. You want me to give you a whole word, but you have come to church. Oh, I ain't scared of none of y'all. I ain't scared of none of y'all. This is the kind of stuff you need to hear. You want a whole blessing from God. God don't want half of you. The best way to show that you are truly a servant of God is through surrender. And if you're not willing to surrender, you're not a true servant of God. And most people don't want to surrender. You can have a good marriage if you understand surrender. Not defeat, surrender. That means you don't have to be right. You can be reconciled and not be right. Oh, see, babe, I think I just, I think I just lost them. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Let me just go back to this. <laughs> My people perish for the lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I will reject you. Now, this knowledge is for the parents. But check out what, is, what, comes, what comes next. That you shall be no priest to me. Seeing you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your children. Man, that's deep right there. Parents, you better serve the Lord even if your kids don't. But if you don't, then they're in trouble. Why? Because we serve a generational God. He's the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. He's a generational God. He also gives generational blessings. And let me just tell you this. I don't believe in generational curses if you're, if you're saved. Otherwise, what was the cross for? 
I don't believe in it. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse. So I don't believe in generational curses if you say. You're the one to cut that off. Now, if you choose to go back into it, that's your fault. It had nothing to do with Jesus. I don't, I, don't, I don't like when people talk about, well, that's just a general. Every, everything is a curse. Everything is a demon. There's a demon in that speaker. There's a demon in this house. There's a demon over there. Woo! There's demons everywhere. Everything is the spirit of. Everything is the demon of. The spirit of. It's the spirit of this blanket. The devil ain't in everything. Matter of fact, it ain't even the devil in most stuff. Most of the stuff is your bad choices. And he going to conference to conference. I'm like, oh, I just got to get this off of me. And you can't get it off of you because when you went to the conference, you got more on you. Because they binding more stuff to you. And you just walking out with more stuff on you. Well, you just need to break down in your house, get in this word of God and say, God, I'm not going to move until you deliver me. Because I know you said that you are a deliverer. I'm going to read this word. I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray until I get my deliverance. You're going to stand on the solid rock of Christ. I don't stand at all. Him I preach. We got to study things of God. 2020 is going to be a year of study. It's going to be a year, year, year. Come on, come on. Put your hand on your heart and say, I'm going to study this thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll start to get ghetto on you and say, I'm going to study this jank. But uh, I ain't going to do that. Yeah, yeah, I did, didn't I? Look at this. Write this down. Take a picture of it. Jesus is in all five of the fivefold. Jesus is the apostle in Hebrews 3 and 1. He's known as a prophet in Mark 6 and 4. The evangelist in Mark 1, 14, 15. He's a shepherd in John 10, 11. And he's the teacher in John 3, 1 and 2. So since we're talking about the teacher, um, I wanted to go to John 3, 1 and 2. Uh, this was uh, Nicodemus. How many of you guys remember Nicodemus? Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. Y you want to know why? Because he was scared. So, okay. So I don't think everybody, nobody in here was, was saved out the womb, right? So I think some of y'all was saved at, at 3. So I wasn't. I was way well up in my years. So, so we 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 know that a lot of times we do our we do more our foolishness. <laughs> the freaks come out and yeah, mm -hmm. they come out in the daytime now. So anyway, I know when we were growing up, they just came out at night, but they out in the day. I'm like, there now, yeah. There ain't no demons, it's freaks. Like, there's one, there's one, there's one. Anyway. But he came at night because he was scared. He didn't want people to see him, that he was going to Jesus. Amen. So Nicodemus came to Jesus at night over there in John chapter 3. And he says this. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, uh, uh, Rabbi, that's how you say that in, 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 in the original form, Rabbi, uh, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Now, it's interesting that this Pharisee who knew the law, these guys knew the law better than anybody, they related Jesus being connected to God because of the signs. And there has to be something. You, your rod has to bud, blossom, or yield almonds. It's your anointing. Your rod is your anointing. Somebody should sense and feel and see that there is God in your life. Every one of us. If I get around you and I don't sense God, then you don't have enough of God in you. So here's my prayer. Here's my prayer. My prayer is when people get close to me, I want them to see Jesus. I don't want anything to come out of my mouth that doesn't reflect Christ. I don't want to look that don't reflect him. I want, I want to look like Jesus. And I'm not doing it because I'm a preacher. I'm doing it because I'm a son. And a son wants to look like, act like his daddy. Every son wants to look like and act like his daddy. That's why when the daddy is absent, 
it's hard for the son to have an example of what he should look like. Amen. And sometimes dads might be in the house, but they're still absent. Just because dad is in the house don't mean dad is involved. But let me clean it up for you. You may have not had a father, but you can be one. So you stop using that as an excuse. Take responsibility for your own life and stop blaming your mom and your daddy. Don't, don't you have a new daddy? Amen. Amen. Right. Take responsibility. I know he probably wasn't there. Mama wasn't there. Yeah, but that's okay. You got God now. And what you do now, you have a newfound relationship with Jesus. So now you can, play to, you can pray that that relationship is reconciled. And if it's not reconciled, go on with your bad self. From your Genesis to your Revelation. Get, just get it done. Amen? Nothing can stop you but you. Listen, the devil can't stop you. Do you know that, saying That the devil cannot stop you. He can hinder. But the only reason you stop is because you stop. Even Paul said, I wanted to come to the city, but the devil hindered me. He didn't say the devil stopped me. Because he, has that, he doesn't have that kind of control over your life. You have full control over your own life, saints of God. Come on. Stop, stop, man. People are always making me mad. Then you know what? You need to take the control back. You're giving too too much control to people if they can control your emotions. All right, I got one good hand clap and a come on now, so I'm doing good. (laughs) Praise the Lord. So we understand um, all, all of these aspects of Jesus. We talked about that. Nicodemus came by night. But look at this right here. Paul said, him we preach. Him, Jesus Christ. That's what we preach. Him. Nothing else matters. If the church, if the centrality of the church is not on Jesus Christ, that's a false church. I don't care what you say. If, it, if it's built on money and offerings and all of that stuff, then it's built on a faulty foundation. Amen. Now, listen, I like prosperity. I don't, I don't mind being prosperous. God doesn't mind either. He don't mind you having a nice car, house, clothes. God doesn't mind all of that stuff. You can have it. <coughs> you can have it all. But what he does mind is when you start caring more about the blessings than the blesser. Yeah. When you, when you, put, when you start, okay, so Lord, uh, bless me with a new boat. God bless you with a new boat, and you go fishing rather than you go to church. Randy said, hey. Because we know Randy got a boat, but Randy's at church. So when Randy do go out, he get hundreds of fish because God is blessing him. Amen. Right? Got his priorities straight. Right? Get that new car. You want to spend, you want to, you, no, Sunday, Sunday I got to wash my new car. I can't go to church, man. That's my car washing time. Yeah, you can wash it after church. Amen. Why? Because God is my blesser. These are just blessings. They, they can be destroyed. The moth can eat it up. It can rust. You can have an accident. And you won't love that new car anymore. You won't. Trust me, you see all those dings and bends. Mm-hmm. I hope they total it. Because <laughs> you know that car ain't going to drive, right? Your steering wheel way over here. Your car doing this right here. <laughs> you know that car is broke. Tires. <laughs> see, y'all, y'all got me all messed up now. I think that medicine kicking in. him we preach warning every man and what teaching man none of that fluff stuff you need to be taught got to get into this word I love studying the word of God it is oh my God it is so rich 
right when you get in there, man. But listen, it ain't going to be easy to start. Mm-mm. Everything going to come up. Dog going to poop on the floor. <laughs> Baby going to start crying. Telephone going to start ringing. You're going to burn something on the stove, on the oven. You, in the oven. You, you, something's going to happen every time. And don't try to read before you go to bed. I'm just saying. You're going to wake up, slob all on your Bible. <laughs> Let me give you what teachers do not do. <laughs> That's the best pill. If you want to go to sleep, start reading the Bible. Teachers do not focus on establishing governmental church elders as the, as the apostles do. So the teachers need to understand their role. That's not what you do. That's what apostles do. Teachers do not focus on hearing and speaking the prophetic heart of God as the prophets. That's what the prophets do. Right? You just know your role, know your lane. Teachers do not have a strong focus on evangelizing as the evangelists. But they do evangelize. They're just the hard wiring is different. Does that make sense? Teachers do not focus on being good shepherds as they are limited in the care and shepherding functions as the shepherd. They care for you, but that's, they're not shepherds. Right? So elders, let me talk about those three. So I'm going to put those three up there. I'm going to talk about them in a second. So as a teacher, we need that teaching gift in the house of God. It's vitally important because they break down all of the word that they've been getting from the apostles, from the prophets, and even the evangelists that are in the house. Out of the five gifts, four of them are what's called universal gifts. They're travel gifts. That's the apostle, that's the prophet, that's the evangelist, and that's the teacher. Those four gifts are called universal gifts because they're be, they're, they are to be used outside of the four walls of the church. The shepherd is the only local gift. Most of the time, the shepherd gift is usually only used inside the house of God. Not that they can't go and preach in other places. It's just that their heart wiring is for people in the house. This is why it's important that we have all five working together, right? Is that making sense? Now, we have a plurality of eldership, and this is what this means. A lot of times people don't know what that term is. That term means that we are led by a group of elders in this house. There's not some big uh, lead pastor or anything. We are co-elders together in this church. A lot of people get this word mixed up because the elder actually has three Greek words, and they all mean something different. So the, 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 the piomin is the shepherd. That's the ministry. Because every elder must have some aspect of shepherding. This is why when I, when I have my classes with all the elders, um, we go into the word of God and I show them that they, they must shepherd the flock of God, all of us, not just me. I'm not the only one that should be reaching out to people in the church. All the elders do that. See, when you don't have that in place, then everybody have an expectation that the pastor and his wife are supposed to do it all. I ain't doing it all. I ain't going to be the one reaching out to all of y'all. I hope you're okay with that because that's just the way it is. I can't. When we have two, 300 people that's coming next year, I, I don't have that kind of time flexibility to be reaching out, but that's why we have elders. They all reach out. We all do that work. Does that make sense? Yeah. See, I'm trying to prepare you for where we're going, not where we are. Because I've already got my extravagant asking. And extravagant asking is 400 strong already. That's what I'm looking at. 400 strong, I ain't reaching out to 400 folks. I'm just telling you that right now. But if we got a group of elders that's doing it, and our deacons and deaconess are doing it, shouldn't matter, right? Amen. Amen? Furthermore, do you realize that you can't find anywhere in the scriptures where the Bible says that we should be reaching out to people who don't show up for church? You show me the passage. We do it out of a courtesy. You know, in, in the Bible, nobody had to reach out because they all came to church. See, you see how we've been mutated into what God did not ordain? That's what I'm trying to get you used to. I ain't calling you all the time. You better get used to it. You can get mad at me. I don't care. But that's just not what we're supposed to be doing. No, if anything, you need to be calling me and saying, look, I ain't going to make it. Okay. 
The Lord be with you. <laughs> the second aspect is the position. It's a bishop, an overseer. It's episcope or episcopos. That's the bishop. He's the overseer, but it's the same word, elder. So an elder is a shepherd. An elder is an overseer. And then the qualification is an elder is presbyteros. That's where we get the word presbytery. Right? So this is why sometimes is, is when people, they see the word bishop, that he's an overseer. Right? But he's, he's an elder. Because it's all one word. You're a bishop. Because <laughs> you're an elder. Right? But when we take titles, listen to me carefully, but when we take titles and put them in a place that they don't belong, that's where we get in trouble. Yeah. Not that the bishop title is not important. It is important, but you're an elder, right? The, the bishop, he's a shepherd, he oversees, plus his qualification is presbyteros. He's supposed to be feeding the flock of God just like all the other elders, amen? But what's going to be restored is you're going to start seeing that there are going to be more apostle-led churches with an apostolic oversight rather than a bishop oversight. That's what you're getting ready to start seeing. And it's God's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. It's going to be his doing. It's not man's doing. God is just trying to restore what he had in place. That's all. Man took it and did something else with it. Amen? Is that all right? That's all I have for you today. Amen? All right, give him a praise. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message encouraged you. If you would like to learn more about C3 Church, please visit us in person in Indian Trail, North Carolina at 5805 West Highway 74, Indian Trail, North Carolina, 28079, or on the web, c3churchnc.org, or on facebook.com forward slash c3indiantrailnc.org.